You are listening to a sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. Tonight we'll read 1 Thessalonians 5. We'll take three verses. 14, I guess we'll just take two. We'll take two verses. 14 and 15. The verse 14 is, I think, an important verse for the general instruction it gives, but also the tie that it has to the next letter as well. So let, let's read those. First Thessalonians 5, 14, 15. And we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all men. That's the universal there, means everybody, not talking about males and females. See to it that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another, and again, for all men. So for everybody in verse 14 is patience, and for everybody in verse 15 is good. Well, note we start with the four different groups that Paul breaks things down into right here. The ones that need admonishing, the ones that need encouraging, the ones that need helping, And then, I guess universally, the ones who need patience. Admonish the unruly. If someone's walking disorderly, and that'll be the word in the next letter, some weeks or months after Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians, he would write, famously, 2 Thessalonians, right? You came here for that kind of insight, I think, uh, tonight. But some weeks or months later, he's going to talk at more length about people who walk disorderly, literally out of step. And this admonishing those who are unruly, literally they don't walk by the rule, they don't follow the standard, this admonishing was not successful. The admonishing is to bring them back to the rule, back to the standard. So if somebody is not by the standard, They need admonition. But then there's also those who are faint-hearted. They need a very different reaction. They need encouragement. And we've seen great harm done, I think, when those who are faint-hearted and needed encouragement, someone thought, well, they're being unruly, and they gave them a harsh admonition. Well, that's... No. The faint-hearted, which also then ties in with the weak, the faint-hearted, those who are having difficulty in living up to and living in the Christian life, those who are discouraged in their walk, they need encouragement. Others need help. They're weak. They want to but can't. And so it seems with the faint-hearted, these are the ones uh, who are having trouble following through. These are the ones to whom circumstances have made it difficult for them to do, maybe even as they would wish to do. They needed strengthening. Others needed helping. 
because they were weak. But others, yeah, they needed admonishing. And so we need to make sure in our dealing with others that we get the admonishing, the encouraging, the helping correct. Because is it really helping the unruly? No, they're unruly. Encouraging the unruly? No, they need admonishing. But the faint-hearted and the weak need encouragement and help. Now, with all of these, there's patience. With all of these, there's patience. And so, I think that might be a clue as to what to do when, hey, is this guy being unruly or is this guy being weak? Is this, is this, a, is this a faint-hearted problem or just a, a not doing it? Because uh, he doesn't want to do it problem. Uh, so, uh, since we're going to deal with him for a while... Uh, maybe it's best to start uh, with the encouragement until we find out that admonition's really what's needed. Uh, but if admonition's what's needed, that's what's needed. So we have different responses to different people. Now, looking forward into the next letter and the third chapter, what do you do with those who walk disorderly? Some of those you would draw from, right? And so that would be after a period of patience and after a period of admonition. And so all of these, uh, admonishing unruly brethren, encouraging faint-hearted, and helping weak brethren, all of these are done with patience. But all of these are also done with purpose so that we can get to the right action. And if they won't respond, second letter will deal with that. So in this, see too that no one repays evil for evil. Well, I think especially of brethren who are walking disorderly, brethren who are unruly, who are some of the people they might be most likely to harm, to do evil to. Other brethren, right? What what do they say? You always hurt the one you love. Well, who are you you around the most? Who who are you associated with the most? And so almost any time, there's serious crime involving bodily injury. Who do the police have to investigate? They have to investigate the people in the house. Right? If, if a wife uh, is, is beaten or killed, who's the most likely suspect most of the time? It starts with the husband. Now, hopefully he's lived in such a way he can be easily struck off the list and disqualified from that, and we can go on and look for something else. Or there's some other reason to look for somebody else. But here in this family relationship of brethren... When evil is done, when evil is done to brethren, who's the most likely people to have done it? Oftentimes it's brethren, because who are we with? Who are we with? Who's, who's intimately involved in our lives? To whom are we vulnerable? And we're not guarded all the time, and we're not always making sure we protect ourselves. It's brethren. And so when a trust in the family like that is betrayed, what do we want to do? Well, the natural man says retaliate. Now, what happens in a family when there starts to be harm and retaliation? We've all seen it. What happens in a spiritual family? So you, you take evil in stride. You don't repay evil. You take it to the Father. You don't take it uh, back and give it back as good as you got, or or more. 
but always seek after what's good for one another and for all. So for one another and for all. Same construction, basically, Galatians 6.10, do good to the household of faith and all. Here is seeking after good for one another and for all. And so this evil, for evil, Paul certainly understands, is can be, and sometimes is, wrong brother on brother. And you, know, you just you read the Bible, and how many times was evil brother on brother? Sometimes literal brothers, sometimes in the in the community, sometimes in the tribe. So you don't participate in that. You do what's good for one another and for all. And if we think about the one who suffers uh, evil without returning evil, I'll go to First Peter 2, and who's the ultimate example? It's Christ, right? So we live out the life of Christ in this, hopefully, so that our brother would then repent, right? But not every brother repented. Did Ishmael repent of what he did to Isaac? Cain repent of what he did to Abel? Or Jacob and Esau, did either of them ever do much repenting toward either one? No. But we're patient, and we let God sort those things out. And then we look at the life of Joseph, and how was he done by his brothers? Yet what did he return to them? He returned to them good. So, so here we have, really, so I think, some difficult passages to live out. The, the, the courage and the wisdom to admonish, knowing when to do that and when not to. The, the patience to keep encouraging and keep helping. A patience for everybody, for the brethren, for one another, for all. And keep on doing that even when evil is done. That's a high calling. But it's the calling we have and we're shown to, to live in Christ. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Malvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at malvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.